Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very special edition of Messi and Co. I'm your host, Austin, and joined with me today, our other special and lovely hosts, Gian and Ashley, here to talk all things Messi, Inter-Miami, and their upcoming match against LAFC and why this might be a must-win. We also have a very special guest lined up for you guys today, so make sure you stay tuned as we get into some deep, deep talk and analytical talk about the matchup that is set to happen on Sunday hear from one of our quick podcast sponsors, and we'll be right into the preview. If you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury, look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor, L'Aqua Azura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, L'Aqua Azura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. If you're looking in the South Florida area for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month basis, L'Aqua Azuda posts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. Also, if you mention Messi & Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait. For pool service, patio renovation, or more, call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, L'Aqua Azuda. All right. Again, welcome everybody to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Got a special one for you, and we're just going to kick things right off. Inter Miami CF taking on LAFC at the Bank of California Stadium, if that's still the name. I actually don't even know. Um, On Sunday night, it'll be 10 o'clock Eastern, which is uh, quite a late one for us over here on the East Coast, but we're going to be up nonetheless. And let's, let's just talk about the first question that I have for both of you. Ashley, I'll start with you. Given what you saw against Nashville and the draw and where Miami stands, we'll get into that a little bit later. Is this a must-win game? How much pressure are you putting on Inter-Miami to get a result against LAFC? I don't think it's a must-win. I think it's a must-score. Oh. That's my yeah. That's my caveat. I hope that's what starts trending. Um, what I mean by that is that I we definitely cannot lose. I think we need to at least get a point. However, to, you know, if we don't win, I don't think that means the season is over and the playoff push is over. But what does need to happen, as we saw Wednesday, is that the team, it got stale, it was tired, it wasn't, you know, performing uh, at a high enough level in the final third. What this team has been building over the last 
eight weeks is confidence and consistency. And so I think that the team needs to be able to score um, and draw in order for, for us to be able to build on it. I'd love them to win, obviously, but in my eyes, the season isn't over if we lose, but if we don't score um, or, you know, it's, it's another version of this game where like from Wednesday, where it seems very stop, start, stop, start, a lot of tired legs, not the energy. That's when I would start to worry. Gian, is it a must win? I feel like from now till the end of the season, every game is a must win. It seems like to me, especially given the fact that we have 10 games about, I think it's 10 games left. We need to win between seven and eight. It seems like almost every game is a must win. I'm not saying that I'm going to freak out if we don't win either. Like, you know, to, to kind of, I side a bit with Ashley as well. It's not a, a must win, meaning that if we don't win, we're out of the, the playoff Um you know, trying to get it into the playoffs. But I do think that, especially given with the last result, we were hoping that that was that we were going to be able to win our last match. And that was going to kind of give us some leeway with this match being a much harder match, a match on the road, a match that's going to require travel time, a match that's three to four days after the, our most recent match, we were going to have a bit more leniency. But because we didn't, I think that actually gives it more of an importance uh, for this game. And then knowing that, you know, our next game, we're going to be without looks potentially nine to 10 of our players. So this does seem like a must win in the sense of you got to try to win every single game out there. But uh, I, whatever happens, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get down on the team. I, I think that they've been through, through a lot and through so many, so many games, but from a playoff push, you got to consider every game a must win. I think moving forward. For sure. And, and you know, this was the first time Miami had been shut out. So to Ashley's point, yeah, I do think they need to get back on the score sheet, especially Messi himself, at least getting involved in a goal contribution. He was getting shut down uh, centrally by Nashville. They did not want a repeat of what happened in the League's Cup final. And all kudos to Nashville. We gave them all the credit in the post-game show. Uh, they did their job exceptionally. And we're not necessarily expecting teams like LAFC to go on and copy them because LAFC, by almost every single metric, are a top-10 team in MLS and will likely at home take the game to enter Miami. But, you know, shutting down Messi in that facet is probably going to be a key for the game uh, for LAFC. But we'll, we'll talk about LAFC in a little bit. Again, we have a special guest lined up. He'll be here shortly. But I, I wanted to defer to both of you and discuss kind of what the starting 11 will look like because we had a couple of not necessarily questionable decisions because on paper, this is – Miami that was on Wednesday that was Miami's best 11 I think that when you think about every single player and where they were playing and the price tag on them all of that other than maybe Sergey Kristoff that was Miami's best 11 now there are preferences and one of them for sure is Kremeshki over uh Diego Gomez but as a you know U22 came for millions of dollars he should be able to fill a role well, maybe you can consider Facundo Fadias for Robert Taylor. But other than that, you had nine out of 11, your best players on the field, and yet weren't able to get on the score sheet. So we've seen Tata make adjustments. We've seen Tata make changes, whether it's been a back five, a back four, the differences in midfield, whether it's Busquets in the hole or Royo in the hole, which one's going to drop in between the center backs. So many different questions for Tata to answer, uh, especially with the squad getting healthier and healthier by the day. What 
does it look like going against a tough LAFC side? Gian, I'll start with you. I got to agree with you. I think that nine of the 11 are players that you're not going to move in, in the next game. They're going to stay there. I think you've got a couple of choices between preferences, like you said. For me, preferably, I think that you missed the playmaking of Kremaski last game. Although Gomez, I think, is a very good player. I do think that there are instances where he is pure purely on the offensive end thinking about scoring thinking about pushing as hard as he can and that's something that you definitely need but i still think the playmaking part is something he's lacking in and i think that that will come with time um and then up front i just think that joseph uh in my eyes should come out and we should see campana in the starting 11 because campana to me adds another element on the offensive end it adds another element for hopefully for LAFC to have to be cognizant of the fact that he's going to be there as a constant threat. He's going to be, he's going to be um, gaining a lot of their attention. And I think that that's something that Messi needs as well, because Messi is not only having to do the playmaking, he's having to do a lot of the attacking as well, because he doesn't have a center focal point on the offense where he can try to drive in a pass or, or someone to kind of take the pressure off of him because all eyes are on Messi and you basically don't have anybody really taking the attention away from him on the defensive side for for the opponent so i think that that's going to be very helpful for us inside the box having a, a scoring presence like campana but also for messi to kind of take the workload off of messi and have him focus more on the playmaking we know that messi can score we know that that he can put the team on his shoulders but we do kind of want to ease that job and make it easier for him uh, adding an attacking element so i think just basically just making those two um, making those two changes would drastically uh, help us moving forward against LAFC. LAFC is a very tough team. LAFC is a team that is not going to back down uh, at all. They're not going to be they're not going to park the bus like the saying goes and just play, you know, 11 guys hanging from the gold and waiting for 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 a counterattack they're going to be pushing the tempo and they're going to be you know up up there with carlos vela and um and what's his face uh with buanga they're going to be attacking us like crazy so we need to make sure we pressure them as well on the attack and not make it comfortable for them and just sit back and, and wait for them so uh just make sure that we stay offensive that's important fight offense with offense and, um that would be the most important aspect and the changes that i would make Ashley, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think we're all in agreement that Kramashki and Campana should probably start in this one. But I, I want to bring up the back line and what we saw between Kamal Miller and Thomas Aviles without Sergei Kristov in a back four. Is that something that you think he'll, you know, deploy out against LAFC? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Kamal Miller had a phenomenal game, obviously, like everyone else thinks. Um, and I think Thomas Aviles did exactly what, was asked of him, in my opinion, and um, I I think that this they should stick with this. I I wonder if Tata Martino is going to think about doing a top uh, a back five in some aspects because LAFC is so strong in their attack. Um, I hope it sticks with the four three three, and I agree with those changes. I also, in my opinion, and it's really nothing against him because he hasn't really taken too many wrong steps this year, um, but. I think that Facundo Farias should be starting instead of Robert Taylor because just the energy and the creativity he brought 
for some reason, whether, I mean, I think it could be pure exhaustion for Robert Taylor. He's had to play so many minutes and so much in the last few months um, that he just, he doesn't seem at his highest level of confidence and playmaking and, you know, pushing forward and being where Messi wants him to be. I think Farias does that a bit better at the moment. So I'd like to see those three changes. Um, I don't know if we'll get all three, but yeah, that's, that's what I would like to see. And, and, you know, it's a good thing to be discussing kind of what different choices Miami and Tata Martino have. It's not really been something that Miami have had in the past. And now with a lot of, you know, the six signings that came in over the summer, the U22s and the DPs alike, Tata Martino has options. But now it's just about getting those options right and making sure that you're effective in your starting 11s and going against teams of different brands. I think LAFC, like Dion said, will play a lot different than what Nashville did. So you're going to need different types of players to do different types of things. Uh, with all that said, we're going to get into some LAFC coverage here shortly and introduce our host, Justin, in just one second. Are you ready to transform your space into a masterpiece? Introducing Mosaics, your destination for stones and more. Mosaics is a family-owned business serving the community for over 20 years. With the best quality porcelain, ceramic tiles, and high-end mosaics featuring unique modern designs, Mosaics has everything you need. Dedicated customer service, wholesale distributors, and a passion for excellence. Make sure you visit mosaics.com today to turn your vision into a reality. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so welcome in the one and only Justin Ruderman from LAFC, the, the number one, in my opinion, LAFC beat writer, the founder of Upper 90, who I had been watching for quite some time before I even knew who you were, to be completely honest with you. It was just kind of some MLS content that I got to consume. You have a sub stack as well. Justin, thanks so much for doing this. We're happy to have you on. And uh, first, I want to go ahead and ask you, like I've asked all of our other guests uh, who have come on and, and so graciously joined us, is... Your thoughts on Messi joining MLS, Messi joining Miami, and kind of the impact that it's had on the league. What are what are the thoughts over there on, on the West Coast? Yeah, well, first, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, great to come on and talk some Inter-Miami. I'm stuck in LAFC land, so always good to talk <laughs> some, other, some other teams. But yeah, no, it is, I mean, what can you really say about Messi, right? It is obviously the biggest move that's ever happened. He is essentially bigger than this league. When you look at the followings, the, the numbers that he's brought with him in every single way, whether it's impressions on Twitter or followers on Instagram, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that, you know, 
I am I'm somebody who agrees with he he's the greatest player of all time. He is uh, far and away the greatest player of all time to me. And so to have him in this league, I think uh, Giorgio Chiellini put it well today, is like they've been watching it in Europe for years. They all know what he's done. And I think Americans maybe are realizing it a little bit because you have these incredible expectations of what he's going to do, of how he's going to impact the game on the pitch, but then he just continues to exceed them. Right. I mean, there's no way that you can imagine the things that he's already done, not to mention what he's going to do. Um, yeah, I just think it is it is fantastic for the league in, in every way that you can imagine. So positive thoughts, which is something that we love to hear. Maybe you're just being very careful and coming on an Inter Miami podcast, <laughs> which would be the smart, smart choice. Um, but I, you did say positive in every single way. But, you know, for the casual fan, maybe not so much. Ashley, you have something to ask on this? Yeah, so um, Justin, I want to know from your perspective with the whole ticketing sales situation and, uh, you know, the demand for this. Obviously, I would say with LAFC, they've had plenty of big matches in the past and, uh, you know, big celebrities, big players on the team, as well as, you know, figuring out the the noise and spectacle, probably more so than most MLS teams. Right now, I'm on Ticketmaster and the cheapest standing room ticket is $575, which is, I would imagine, substantially more than what it normally is. And so, yeah, just what are your thoughts on that? And uh, where, where do you think it's going to look like tomorrow in terms of the supporters? Excuse me, Sunday. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, definitely going to be a lot of Argentina jerseys uh, in that crowd uh, and probably some inner Miami ones too, because as you say, the, the resale is something like we've never seen. LAFC has big games, Inter-Miami, every single game that Messi plays, you're going to see these huge increases in prices. But this is the biggest, most expensive game in MLS history, according to TickPick, right? So it is uh, just unprecedented in the number of, of tickets being sold. And I think that you've seen that within LAFC support as well. A large percentage of season ticket holders are seeing this as a way to cash in on their season tickets and get back, you know, half of what they pay for their entire season, basically, in one game. And while they would love to see Messi, their focus is probably LAFC and seeing as many games as they can. And if they can get, you know, 500, 600, 700 dollars per ticket on one game, um, they can make a lot of money back. And I think, uh, it, you know, the LAFC 3252, uh, the supporters section in the north end there at the Bank of California, or BMO Stadium now, excuse me, um, is they put out a statement saying there will be no jerseys allowed. Make sure that everybody knows this. That's always the, the, um, the rules, right? There's never uh, opponent jerseys allowed, whether that is the team that you're playing or any other team across the world. It is only LAFC gear allowed in that supporter section. But this game specifically, they put out an extra announcement about that because they know the number of Messi fans who are buying tickets within that section. And if they are planning to wear that gear, they will be kicked out of that section. Um, so yeah, that that to me is going to be a very interesting talking point. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some similarities with not only ticket prices, but that same exact message be put across, you know, all, you know, the other opposing team platforms. I think Cincinnati did it, Nashville did it, Philadelphia did it when Miami went and visited, and their ticket prices obviously soared. So when the product gets enhanced, yes, the prices are going to go up, and I think that it's come to be expected at this point. And I do think, Justin, you raise a really good point about those season ticket holders who care deeply about the club, club are able to go ahead and cash in and say, 
yep, I'm going to take as much money as I can, maybe put it towards the deposit for 2024 and so on, and maybe bring my family to a game at some point, whatever it is. Um, so it's kind of just a, it's a situation that you know varies depending on each circumstance for, for each person, but it's something that's going to happen uh, as Messi takes his U.S. tour for the next you know 10 MLS games or so. Um, but with that said, you were around uh, LAFC today. Uh, provided some media coverage and there were a couple things I wanted to ask you and kind of before we get into the tactical stuff we have to talk availability and the first thing that I saw you post earlier today was that Los Angeles FC zero names on the injury report and we were talking just before you came on about how Inter Miami have all of these different options and their depth is at an all-time high even with some of the injuries they have we don't know what Tata Martino is going to do what the best lineup actually is and now with LAFC with a fully stacked roster, is that kind of the same thing? Or what does it really mean for LAFC to have a fully available uh, roster? It means everything. I mean, I don't remember the last time LAFC has had a fully fit roster since week one, really. I mean, there have been injuries plaguing this team throughout, mainly because they've played more games this season than any other team, really, in MLS history, right? With the CONCACAF Champions League, with US Open Cup, with Leagues Cup, there are so many competitions that LAFC has to play in that it's just too many games for the, the bodies of these players, and they get injured. Um, now, finally... That is not the case, right? Uh, Diego Palacios is coming back from a, a family issue. Um, just a couple, Murillo, the, the center back, will come in and probably partner Chiellini in that center back position. Just little things like this are really big for LAFC. And I asked Steve Shirelandolo about that. Um, you know, how important is that for him? And he said, this is what I want as a coach. He always tells John Thorrington, the general manager of LAFC, give me these problems. I want these problems. I will deal with the selection headaches, but please give them to me. Yeah, we've we've not been on board with Tata Martino thus far, I, not fully anyway, in terms of those decisions. Hopefully for your guys' sake, you can be on board with your manager. Uh, but that definitely raises some some interesting points. And I, I think that the most interesting one is obviously how to stop Lionel Messi. And I think for the first time you saw that happen on Wednesday night uh, with you know Nashville sitting in a block of pretty much anybody and everybody uh, behind the ball, Messi getting shut down centrally. And I think Chiellini and the manager liked were asked about Lionel Messi and kind of how to stop him. So what's the mentality right now for Los Angeles FC when it comes to stopping Lionel Messi and kind of taking on this, this inter Miami squad? Yeah, I think when you look at inter Miami, you look at Messi and you think, okay, the game plan has to be, how do we stop Messi as much as we possibly can frustrate him, you know, physically, mentally, whatever, get in his uh, grill, right? That is the idea, but that doesn't seem to be exactly what Giorgio Chiellini and Shrendelo are saying. They are understanding that Messi is the greatest player of all time. They understand what he can do, and and Shrendelo said it is simply inevitable that he will find one or two chances throughout the game. No matter how hard you try and stop him, no matter how well you play, he is that good. But Steve says, if you focus too much on Messi, you're actually losing out on the opportunities to beat Miami as a team. And that's what Chiellini echoed as well. If you try and beat Messi 1v1, you're going to lose every single time. But if you try and beat the entire team, LAFC versus Miami, then that's where you actually have a chance. And so that's why I think, well, of course, they're going to always keep a close eye on Messi. They will try to avoid that tunnel vision that I think other teams in the past have had. Especially Philadelphia. I don't know if you remember the goal that 
Joseph Martinez had. You saw Gazdag move over to Busquets. You saw three defenders surrounding Messi, and Joseph got to make the run, take the ball in over the top, and they scored within five minutes. Uh, so it's very interesting now that as Miami continue to play more and more games, it's kind of not necessarily that they're becoming found out, but you get an understanding, or other teams are now able to formulate an understanding about how to take on you know, Messi and co and, and take on this team that has these international superstars alike and can say, you know, if we do this too much, then we get beat on the back end. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how AFC go on and do it. You know, they've taken on Miami have taken on tough teams in the past, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, all different kind of results. They all play different styles. Philadelphia didn't play a style that I kind of expected. Nashville has played Miami twice, both times really tight games because of the way they played. So interesting now to play another juggernaut, especially from another conference um, and to, to see what that kind of play style is like. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to jump in here and say, especially because we, we mentioned Gellini on there and I think that's going to be important uh, in, in the approach for Messi. I think that one of the things that we've noticed throughout this, the two games of the season and the league's cup and, and so far as that we've seen teams kind of be in awe and starstruck when they see Messi. And we've even heard, like, that's one of the main questions sometimes that they ask these players that are going to face Messi in pregame interviews. And they, they're all say how much uh, in awe, how much respect they have for Messi, how, how they've been watching him since they were small and now they're going to be facing them. And I think that that tends to sometimes play an issue for teams that are going to be playing against Inter Miami and Messi. And when we look at LAFC, we see that LAFC has players like Vela, who was in the Spanish league for eight years that, that played against Messi. They've got Buonga that played against Messi in the French league. And then you've got Chiellini that has a lot of experience playing against Messi. I think I, I want to get your opinion. How important is that for LAFC to have players that are experienced in facing Messi that have also had some I think success in facing Messi how much does that factor in how important is that yeah no I think it's a great point and I think it's very important because Chiellini was asked today you know what kind of advice are you giving those younger players who are probably you know have that idolization of Messi and he said they just have to not think about it as an important game. You know, they have to be focused on it. it's it's just another game. If if they want to think about it before or after the game, if they want to think about it when the ball is out of play, that's fine. But when the ball is in play, they need to be focused solely on the the game at that hand, right? And that is uh, what Sharundalo said as well. He said. I do not expect any players to be starstruck. They are all professional footballers and they should all have that same mentality of you're facing another professional footballer, go and beat him. Um, he said before and after the game, if they want to talk to him, take pictures, whatever, that's their free time. But during the game, they have a job to do and that is to go win a football match. I wanted to ask you, Justin, uh, just because we have seen all these different types of styles take on into Miami, some more successful than others, with Nashville being the one that's probably been the most successful, which is crazy to think about because they lost the final to Miami. But in reality, they've pulled out two draws within 90 minutes, one within league play, holding Messi and Co. scoreless. What have you seen from LAFC thus far uh, throughout the beginning of MLS, through League's Cup? And now in the, in, you know, since the, the restart back to league play, what have you seen from LAFC in terms of their play style that you can inform us about as to why it might be successful against Miami? Is there anything that's pointing to kind of 
any sort of belief for for LAFC or is it just they're kind of a powerhouse in MLS because by by metrics they're top 10 in almost every single one whether it's possession you know shot attempts creation all of that passes they've done extremely well and they have for for quite some time but is there anything that you've seen recently that kind of says yeah I think that this team has a chance well they certainly have a chance but I think it's it's tough because LAFC have been two or maybe even three different teams throughout this year. In the, in the first portion of this year, they were that dominant, genuinely unbeatable team. Um, they were running through the MLS on their way to a CONCACAF Champions League final. They were you know first in the West at that point in, in a Champions League final, right? It was something that really was unprecedented in MLS to be able to compete in multiple competitions and win in multiple competitions. But once they lost that CCL final and they got dominated handily by Leon over two legs, it really hurt their confidence and their mentality. They lost, I think, four of their next five games and they went on a large skid up until League's Cup started when they finally got a break again because, as we talked about earlier, those injuries were really hurting them. But once League's Cup started, that break was back. The hunger for goals and the uh, excitement to, to put them in the back of the net returned. Um, LFC scored, I think, what, 12 games, 12 goals in three games or something like that. Uh, it, it was just a completely different revamping. And I think that is the LFC that they're going to want to bring in against Inter Miami, a team who has is on a week's rest, right? Full week's rest, which LFC have not had very often throughout this season. And a hungry LFC with um, a Denny Bowanga who is still leading by far every MLS player in goal contributions in all competitions. So, it is, while they are able to sit back and defend and absorb pressure and hit on the counterattack in ways that, you know, Philadelphia and Nashville like to do, LAFC are also going to try and hold the ball during portions of the game. They are going to try and impose themselves on Inter-Miami, um, which I don't think that you would see from Philadelphia or Nashville in the same type of way. And that ultimately is the way that LAFC want to play. They want to play a game in phases. They don't want to control the ball the whole time, and they don't want to sit in a defensive posture the whole time. They want to go back and forth and conserve their energy when need to be and then impose themselves on Inter-Miami because um, I'm sure that they believe that they can hit uh, Miami on the offensive end, right? Because Miami aren't necessarily the best defensive team, and not that they're poor, but not not the best, right? And I think that is what Steve Schrindler was probably referring to when he said, we're going to miss opportunities if we're too focused on Messi. We're going to miss those opportunities on the offensive end to try and outscore Miami, which I think is always really the way that you beat this team. That's a very interesting point. And, and honestly, it's, not, it's proven true because no team has yet to beat into Miami, even Dallas scoring four goals. You really, really have to outscore them. Uh, and Nashville, of course, didn't really give up much, but also didn't get to go ahead and score things on their own. And a lot of that was due to, you know, inefficient offensive play time and time again. Hani Mukhtar was through on goal, uh, especially in that Wednesday game. You saw Sam Surridge and Hani Mukhtar in the League's Cup final get breaks on the counter, get in front of Drake Calendar and just weren't able to put it away. Is that kind of the route you think that LAFC find the most success, whether they play the game in, in batches, whether they hold possession at some points or go on the counter, where does the goal come from, from LAFC? Is it, you know, a Buwanga or Vela chance getting through on the break with Miami having a high line? We don't know if Kristoff's going to play, but we saw, you know, or we saw a back four against Nashville with Aviles and Kamal Miller that were spaced out at times. Yedlin was having to do a lot of recovery work. 
LAFC are a bit more dangerous. I mean, it doesn't get much more dangerous than Hani Mukhtar, uh, but on Wednesday, he wasn't really with his DP partner, and he only played for 45 minutes with LAFC and a full-strength roster. Is that the number one route for their success? Yeah, I, I think so, personally. Um, I think the, you, we have to talk about, as well, the addition of Mario Gonzalez, the new LAFC striker who has been brought in and, you know, probably would be a designated player for any other team in this league, but for LAFC, they find a way to bring him in on TAM. Um, he is he, he hasn't really settled in quite yet. He got his first goal against Nashville, but he had under 20 touches in the entire game, right? I think where we have seen him excel so far is dropping deep and holding up play, allowing Denny Bowanga or others to overlap him and run in behind on that counterattack. I think that is what he will likely try and do is pull Kamal Miller or Kristoff into that midfield, uh, get them out, and so that you can create that opening behind them where Denny Bowanga uh, would love to run into or Mateus Bogush as well if he's playing in that attacking midfield position. Um, but... Yeah, it's going to be one of those where um, LFC want to attack in multiple different ways. And personally, I agree that that, that counterattack, that pulling uh, defenders out of their position is the best way. But um, LFC will try to, as I said earlier, uh, possess the ball at times and try and play through Inter-Miami. And if they can do that, that, in, that involves pulling Inter-Miami into their own half, right? With possession, that doesn't mean possession just in the Inter-Miami half. That means possession throughout the game, opening up the field and, and spreading it wide so that there's more places to play for LAFC. Justin, I, I have a, a question for you because we're talking about the offense and what, uh, you know, what LAFC can do. Well, my question is, what is LAFC's weakness? What can Inter-Miami expose on LA to try to win the game? And I promise you, I won't tell Tata. So this is between <laughs> us. He hasn't so. answered any of our calls yeah, yet. Yeah, so yeah. our lineup recommendations. Oh, man. No, it's a, it's a question for Tata. No, but I think, um, look, I think that where LAFC really struggles is when they're not in, in their form. I think that that's what it is. And if LAFC is in top form, if they're healthy, if they're strong, I don't think that there are many weaknesses in the team. Um, which is what you're going to get if you're in Miami. You're going to get a fully fit, fully rested LAFC team um, with my my predicted first choice 11. Uh, and I think that that is where it is. Now, the weaknesses would be, um, can you find a way in behind whoever the other fullback besides Palacios is? Probably, whether it's Palencia or Hollingshead, likely, likely Hollingshead. I would say that is the uh, weakest of that area, but... You know, that's going to be on the right side of the back line where Messi is probably going to be attacking that left side in Diego Palacios. So, yeah, weaknesses are very far and few between with this team. It is more of are they shooting themselves in the foot with, uh, you know, poor passing, poor um, preparation and, and things like that, which I think that you saw last week in, in Charlotte, right? They just weren't up for that type of game. They traveled a uh, five-hour flight, three-hour time difference on turf where Chiellini is not going to play. Um, these type of things, that is when LAFC uh, struggles, but at home with a fully fit squad is the most difficult LAFC team you're going to face. So do you guys, do you feel like you guys are strong defending on the wings with your, your left and, and right fullbacks? Because that's something that in Miami likes to do, especially on the left side uh, with Robert Taylor or Facundo Farias, if he ends up playing along with Jordi Alba and those those passes where Jordi Alba takes it almost to the end line and then puts that pass back towards kind of the top of the, the 18 mm -hmm. or even sometimes with Yedlin on the right. We, we do very well attacking on the wings. I'm just 
curious, do you feel confident that LAFC has those sides covered? On the left side, yes. Obviously, that's the more difficult side with with Messi on it. Um, but but uh, Diego Palacios is a lockdown defender. He is one of the best fullbacks in the league, uh, especially defending wise. He's hasn't contributed as much going forward this year, but defending wise, yes. As I said the, earlier, though, Ryan Hollingshead, who I would expect to start on that right fullback position, can definitely be exposed. He's getting uh, older. Uh, he's still you know an MLS veteran, but he's getting older and he's losing some pace. And and if uh, Alba. Gets Gets forward and combines with Fadias, etc. Uh, you know, a little link-up play there can get in behind Hollingshead. Watch Messi drift into the middle, uh, maybe a little bit unnoticed. That, yeah, is definitely I think uh, where Miami can exploit is is that left side for Miami um, and the right side for LAFC. Yeah, and so with that being said, um, I agree with you that the team really doesn't have much weaknesses. I think one thing that we're continuing to see and it's different for every team. Um, is, you know, the messy effect and, you know, you, the coach can say all they want about professionalism, but if I was on a court with like Michael Jordan, I'm not sure I'd be a professional either. Like I, I, you know, I understand it. And so I guess that's always kind of like the wild card, right? The messy effect of even the Jordi Alba, the Busquets, like these are players that a lot of, uh, young players have idolized their whole lives, right? Especially the prime Barcelona teams. Um, so that's always kind of the wild card that I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, with Nashville, it was their second time. So I think that was part of an advantage that kind of wore off. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting. And then I guess my next question, um, last year, and I'd say probably a little bit of a smaller scale, but still, you know, big was Gareth Bale in terms of the fanfare, right? And seeing a world-class European player who, you know, injuries aside, I mean, I would, st I still think most of us would take Gareth Bale in our starting 11 if we could, right? And he's still a, he's a brand global name, very popular from one of the biggest teams in the world of Real Madrid. And so, you know, are you seeing some similarities between that and Messi? Obviously Messi's a different scale, but just bringing top talent, not just people who are, you know, quote unquote, toward the end of their career uh, to the league. Yeah, in fact, I wouldn't see very many comparisons between the two. I would compare Messi a lot more to Chiellini um, based on the fact that they are enjoying their time in, in America a lot more. They're, uh, they're, they're kind of over-exceeding these expectations where, especially with Chiellini, you were kind of unsure how much is he really going to play. Is he going to play every week? Is he going to be available for you know however long? Is he going to have injury issues, this and that? Yeah, how and much think gas is left in the tank with him, right? Right, absolutely. And I think the same questions to a lesser extent were asked with Messi, right? How much does he really care? How much is he going to put in all this effort? And I think that's what's really excited me the most about watching him throughout is not only is he extremely happy and enjoying his life in Miami, but he is very motivated. He is not slowing down. He's not treating MLS as a lower caliber league. He's he's destroying MLS in the same way he would destroy Europe, right? And I think that Chiellini as well... Um, you know, it has that excitement, has that same mentality of I'm going to approach every single game, every single season in the same way that he did at Juventus. He approaches it the same way at LAFC. He he knows about the rest of MLS as much as any other player in the league. He is so t tuned in and knowledgeable in that type of way. Um, and I would assume Messi is the same type of way. 
Gareth Bale was not that type of way. Gareth Bale came to LAFC to train and prepare for the World Cup with Wales. He was always prepared for that. And he had a longer contract after the World Cup. But when he got knocked out of the World Cup, he said, no, I'm done. I'm going to go home. That's enough for me. Um, and he's, you know, he played he played some games. He scored arguably the biggest goal in LAFC history, but he was very absent, mostly a substitute, uh, mostly injured, these type of things. So while he carried that big name, he wasn't actually on the pitch very often. Um, so I think, yeah, that that is why I would say Chiellini and Messi are in a different caliber for me. And Chiellini I think- always looks so happy. <laughs> he just makes me laugh. He always just looks like he's so happy to be there. They've both taken on like kind of natural leadership roles, right? I think among, you know, stars in the league and on their specific teams, Chiellini and Messi have both. And and we saw it with Messi early on after his first game. When Remember when Ian Frey went down, guys, and he, you know, held up the jersey and and said the first thing that he said when a mic was put in his face was, I'm dedicating this one to Ian Frey. Um, So and I think you saw kind of a leadership kind of quote today from Chiellini when talking about Lionel Messi and talking about how the players have to stay focused and everything that Justin had mentioned earlier on. And so I think it does make a lot of sense to um, raise those comparisons between those two guys, although completely different positions and dif- different profiles of player. Um, but, you know, stars coming to MLS alike are, are taking on a leadership role. It's, it's great to see because it expands the growth of the league for sure. And if I could, if I could add in from an outside perspective, what I've been most impressed with Miami is the way that Messi and Tata as well has handled that situation, right? Giving that penalty to Joseph Martinez, giving the final penalties to Benjamin Kramoski, right? Handing over the armband to DeAndre Yedlin so that they can lift the trophy together. These type of moments, they mean a lot in building a team, in teaching a team that it's not just about me. It's not just about the Barcelona boys. It is about winning as a team and getting there together. And I think, uh, They've done an excellent job of that. Well, we appreciate you saying that because a lot of people see it a, a couple other ways. We, we've had, you know, some, I guess, quote unquote, haters from the outside. But yeah, we're, used, we're used to that week. in we, Miami. We like your, uh, <laughs> your energy. Listen, you're being so careful in the way that you, I, I, just, I think it's meticulous. And you're being very smart about coming on into my <laughs> podcast, Justin. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, but before you go. Not only do you have any questions for us, last thing, uh, just because it's su- such major news um, that just came out from MLS uh, as we started recording, but it was kind of in the works for some time. Mamadou Fall, the center back on loan to FC Barcelona. Just give us your quick rapid reaction to that. Yeah, it's the biggest move, biggest outgoing transfer in LAFC history. Um, bigger, bigger for global recognition than really every other transfer combined when you think about it, because the biggest three so far for LAFC was Edward Atuesta, Tupameras, uh, Diego Rossi, to Fenerbahce and Brian Rodriguez to Club America. Um, lucratively, those were, were the biggest fall with the over 7 million purchase option, if that were to be uh, taken up by Barcelona, would fall second on that list um, behind Rossi in terms of outgoing. But in terms of global recognition of the club, there's nothing you can do more than sending a player to Barcelona, right? I mean, you send him to Barcelona. Because Miguel Almiron going to Newcastle, like that kind of uh, showing, yeah, there's some really good talent in MLS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like Barcelona is, if not the biggest, one of the top three biggest clubs in the world, right? And so just the type of recognition that people who had no idea who Mamadou Fall was before today now know because he's he's a Barcelona player now, even if that is for Barca B for the time being. Um, I think it really shows, you know, the development 
Um, and, and this guy came from Las Vegas Lights, right? He came from the USL through to LAFC, through you know the American process, out up to the biggest club in the world. Um, hopefully that that gets purchased in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean he's been at Villarreal this this season with their B team as well. Has done well, made one appearance in La Liga even. So he he has all of those talents. He is. Um, I mean, he, he has all the physical attributes you could ever want. He is extremely tall. He's strong. He's uh, aerially dominant. I mean, he had a nickname, Air Senegal, at LAFC because he was <laughs> so good in the air, um, both offensively and defensively. And sure, he has to uh, adapt with those uh, tactical things, those decision-making. He has to improve. He's a young center back. That's what they have to do. But going to Barcelona is is how you learn those things, and uh, the ceiling is is sky high for him. Justin, you've taken your first wrong step on today's show. You didn't mention Jose Cifuentes, our Ecuadorian, Gianna Ecuadorian to Rangers. That I know, I know it probably wasn't as lucrative because of a deal, but lucrative, lucrative, you're right. But uh, you know, for for us Ecuadorians, it's a, it's a big move to have uh, somebody like that play. In well, look, I, I the the reason <laughs> the reason I don't include him is because I think LEFC fumbled a bag here, man. They should oh, have no. sold him at the end of last season right. when he okay, was worth with he was worth eight ten million dollars, and they could have gotten that type of fee. It would have been the biggest outgoing transfer in LEFC history. It should have been. But it wasn't because they decided to hold on to him, try and keep him for the CCL run so that they could win that and et cetera. And in the process, they lost millions and millions of dollars in transfer fee. Well, okay, fair enough. You've gained your points back. You got your brownie points there. Um, (laughs) Before, um, you know, we can get into some predictions, but I want to open the floor to you, Justin. Anything specific you want to ask us about Miami or do you want to just get straight into predictions? I mean... I'm curious to see, like, what is the, is the perspective from Miami that this is the biggest game outside of League's Cup, right? Uh, outside of the final, of course. But right. the the biggest team, like the hardest team that you've faced, is is that the perspective as the MLS Cup champions? Or is it that, well, they're the same level as as Cincinnati, as Philadelphia, et cetera? Well, Miami are in a very curious spot right now. And it's it's all leading up to the inevitable decision day, playoff run. Are they going to make it in? And with an away game against a Western Conference team, originally it was, you know, maybe you can write that one off and not put too much pressure on it, right? And so it wasn't initially, those weren't initially the thoughts, I'll be honest with you. And now after the draw to Nashville at home, you know, Gian, Ashley, and I had talked so much about where Miami stand in this playoff race, updating it on a weekly basis here. And that that game at home was absolutely two points dropped. And now you go into this LAFC game in a very, very particular position where you're of course playing a really tough team away from home but you're also going into an international break where you have another home game but you may be down to three or four of your regular starters because of you you're having nine to ten different call-ups for all these different countries so i asked them in the beginning of the show gianna actually if this was a must win and it's getting down to the point where almost every single game is a must win and so going against lafc under this pressure the reigning obviously MLS Cup champions I would say yes other than the League's Cup final I I mean I thought Philadelphia was going to be tough I I really really did I thought even Dallas might have been tough earlier on in League's Cup but they really were able to come back into that game score goals you know regularly and you know they were I mean how many goals did they score in in those seven games of League's Cup I couldn't even tell you and now it's kind of fallen off a little bit and gotten a little bit more stagnant in terms of the offensive production so yeah I think that 
for all intents and purposes, this is the most high-pressure game other than the final that Miami have had to face because of the opponent and because of the occasion, especially being away from home and where they sit in the table. They did get some results to fall their way uh, over the weekend. I, I will say they – or sorry, over, during midweek. They had, a, I think, almost every single team except NYCFC that are directly above them actually drop points, which helped. And I think NYCFC winning was actually a good thing um, because I believe that they can catch them. So, you know, I, I, I think yes. And Gian and Ashley, I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I, I think yes, other than the League's Cup final. Yeah, I, I, I agree as well. We said it at the beginning. At least I, for my opinion, was that every game is a must win moving forward because of the MLS. But this is also one of the biggest games, obviously, because of the team that LAFC is, the city. It's a it's a it's a big market game. You've got you're gonna have like you're gonna have famous people, stars from all over the world watching this game. And on top of that, you just throw in I think the circumstances behind everything. And to what you said, Austin, the fact that we just came off of a draw and next game after LAFC, we might be down nine players in, in total, nine to 10 players from between our starting and our bench that are all very important. So to me, this is as big a game as it gets other than obviously a final. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited and I think it's going to be an extremely tough game. And I, I mean, if we come out with the win, it would be huge was huge. Yeah, I totally all agree. Right. Let's let's talk about that. Are Miami going to come out with the win? Ashley, you first. We're after everything we've just learned from Justin and his intensive LAFC knowledge and, and all that we talked about in the beginning of the show. Where do you stand in terms of the scoreline and the result? Do Inter Miami get the job done? Well, I'm going to hope so because I'm an Inter Miami <laughs> fan of Miami podcast and I want them to win. So, uh I my score prediction is going to be two to one into Miami. If it ends up being like one to one, that wouldn't really surprise me at all. I think that's that I, I'd like to see into Miami score and either tie or win, um, but to kind of right our ships a bit. Gian, I'll say this I used to try to make my predictions in a way that I thought would be pleasing to our listeners. And then I just check on the YouTube and no matter what I say, everybody <laughs> hates what I say. So I, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to just, I'll be a, as objective as possible. I got to say, this is a one, one draw. That's not what I want. Obviously I'm going for the win. I think it'll be a one, one draw. Let's say Inter pulls off the win. I think it's one zero if it's, if it's a win, but I, really? I think it's good. I think it's going to be a one, one. It's going to be a tight I, game. I think it's going to be tough to shut out LAFC at, at, Oh, I almost said the bank, Bank of California Stadium, but it's BMO Stadium now, right? I think that's what you said earlier on. I had that wrong in the beginning of the show. Uh, Justin, we, we still call it the bank, man. We still call it's it got to be the bank, here. right? I yeah. mean, it's just uh, it's it's always going to be the bank. I was actually at that first game in 2020 um, when Miami took on LAFC. That was quite quite the game. The bank is beautiful, by the way. You've got a great home stadium. Um, not necessarily jealous because of what's coming in 2025 for us. And I love drive pink stadium every single step of the way. Uh, but it is, it is beautiful out there in Los Angeles. All right, Justin, wh what are your thoughts on those predictions and where do you, where do you lie? Yeah, no, I think those are very logical predictions. I see, you know, that, that same type of game playing where it can be one, one, it could be two, one either way, but I'll go two, two. I think that there will be goals from both sides. I just don't see these these defenses stopping the attacking power of each team. Uh, I think goals got to go in the back of the net. Um, 
but I'm I, I can't pick a winner. I I can't see one team you know just outscoring the other here. It's sure Messi could turn it on or Bawanga could turn it on or you know anything could happen. But I, I have to go two two here. If Facundo Faria starts, this is going to be my stipulation. If Facundo Faria starts, he helps Miami get on the score sheet in the first half and they win two one. If not, I can see it going two one the other way for LAFC. And that's me being as objective as possible. And people can hate me for not being a homer, but I, I think it's going to be tougher into Miami nonetheless. Although, of course, we want them to win and we want them to get in the playoffs. And we want to keep covering this team into November and all, maybe all the way to December 9th uh, when it comes to MLS Cup final, maybe against LAFC. You never really know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't know in terms of possession how it's going to go. I, both teams have liked some of the ball and have given up some of the ball over their time. So. Well, we'll see how that plays out. It'll be interesting for Miami away from home. I appreciate uh, your prediction, Austin. You're, you're always like my insurance uh, blanket <laughs> for, the, for the hate. It, 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 if it doesn't go to me, it goes to you. It goes so to me. And listen, I'm okay, with being, I'm okay with being the objective one. I, I understand that it has to happen, and I'll make sure that it gets done. All right, That's why I'm Justin. subjective. Everyone likes my takes. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for getting on with us, uh, enjoying the laughs and giving us all of this LAFC content and coverage and the information has just been outstanding. We all get to go into this game on Sunday with a ton of knowledge. Um, if you want, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on in your life. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. This is a great time. Always love these, these uh, opponent podcasts, <laughs> but this was a, a very fun one for sure. Um, yeah, if, if you want to check out my LAFC content, my, my Twitter, which is scrolling at the bottom, and uh, I have a sub stack for all of my writing. If you are interested in the LAFC coverage, if you want just MLS coverage overall, I have a upper 90 YouTube channel. Check that out. Give it a subscription. Awesome. All right. Justin, again, thank you for everybody listening uh, on their favorite podcast platform make sure you download the episode follow the show and rate it as well if you're on youtube make sure to hit subscribe turn the notifications on and hit the like button if you haven't already make sure to follow us on twitter at messy and co you'll find all of our content there in-game content all of our posts notifications for the show whether it's in english or in spanish will be there and if you are listening on youtube as well i i definitely recommend going to our podcast go to apple spotify google wherever it is type messy in the search bar look for the logo messy and co and go ahead and follow the show uh for everybody watching for myself gian ashley and justin as well from over on the west coast we really appreciate you guys for everybody at five reasons sports we will see you guys next time for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life altering. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.